0: Mobile Rolling, presented by Garrett's Horse & Hound. Making shopping easier with their online store. The same extensive catalogue, the same cane prices. Online or over the phone. 1-800-060-896 or visit horseandhound.com.au. To the home straight. Cradle of Fire, the favourite, is going great guns. He's out in front and that lead roll is now extending and here's home cradle of fire. Look at him go opening up, chasing the time and he'll score easy. Shady's collect second. Yeah,
1: busted the clock last night. Chris Barsby in one of the Trot Rod Heats. Good morning.
0: Steve, good morning to you. Everyone, It was a great night of racing last night at Redcliffe, the tab trot rods wrapping up for 2022 and again Steve, it was a very successful night. The record went by the wayside as well, not only the record for this year, 2022, which was R11 Art going into last night, but the record from last year, the overall record set by Adam Crocker, that fell and it was just Desi who was able to carve out a new PB time. So he was most impressive, uh, Tick over 63 seconds, he recorded for the 947. Meters, Cam Hart, uh, he took the winning drive on Just Desi, so connections pick up the $10,000 cash bonus. The winning trainer, Ricky Thurlow, he walks away with a brand-new Auto 2's a VIP horse float. So, all in all, really successful. The weather was okay for the first part of the night. It probably took a turn for the worse at the back end of the program, but uh, it was a good night, and uh, we look forward to the tab trot rods for 2023 coming up next year so it's here to stay and uh, we look forward to building on it again next year steve
1: anything that you would tweak about it at all chris
0: um yeah there's always room for improvement and i'm sure racing queensland will will have a little bit of a, a debrief uh, in time to come but um there's there's certain things that mm. they can do uh not I only the audio is a lot
1: better chris when you speak to the drivers or the broadcasters whoever's calling the meeting and speaking to the drivers i notice that's a lot better than it was previous years
0: yeah, absolutely. That, that that's one thing that continues to evolve as well. All that technology sort of uh, uh, aspect, as far as that night is concerned, they put plenty of time into it. So it was really good. Unfortunately, you know, we didn't see it all the way through owing to the weather at the back end of the meeting but uh, those little things they'll keep evolving. Uh, We can certainly do more as far as the the, the betting side of things are concerned and as far as the drivers are concerned themselves there's room for improvement there as well so as I said they'll have a full debrief in weeks to come and uh, they'll be looking to make it even better next year. Our
1: first guest is Jack Butler of course your first race is not that far away Chris.
0: In nine minutes now until uh, race number one, uh, Steve, and they'll be just making their way onto the track shortly. But Jack is with us now. Jack, good morning. Good morning, Chris. Uh, I've got a a few little items that I wanted to talk to you about. First cab off the rank is this three-year-old race on Saturday night at Albion Park. This is an absolute ripper. Worth good money, $20,000. The Alderman Tools three-year-old pace. Your guy is on the backup danger zone. You must have been very, very happy with the effort fresh up last week in in the Breeders' Classic.
1: Yeah, we well wrapped with him, Uh, Chris. He um, he he, he sort of been working along nice, and um, yeah, we thought he would have needed the run for sure. But he ended up getting a nice trip in transit, and first time over twenty one hundred too. You sort of it's always in the back of your mind, but he handled that with ease. Um, And yeah, like I'm not sure what his last sectional would have been, but it was would have been pretty slippery. He was doing his best work on the line, that's for sure.
0: Yeah, that was his first start since late March, and he went into that race fresh. There was no trial, so there's got to be a lot more improvement still to come. Oh, most
1: definitely, um, you know, and you sort of hope so too. We've got a nice bunch of three-year-olds up here at the moment and um, I suppose what else is coming from down south. So, But, you know, we're really happy where he's at and, um, yeah, he'll definitely, he'll definitely step up again this week, I'm sure.
0: Correct me if I'm wrong, but just looking back at that replay last week, normally he's got that tendency to, to hang. Was he going the opposite way last week, which sort of... Was a little surprising. Normally, he wants to either hang in or hang out, but he was going the opposite way last week. Am I right in saying that?
1: Yeah, I think he's, uh, Brendan come off and says probably the best he's ever steered, actually. To be honest, so um, yeah, he's a bit of a bit of a fellow. He gets in, gets out, but um, he's just a real slow learning fellow. And um, you know, he's just getting better every time. Put him on the track, but yeah, you're, you're right in what you're saying for sure, Chris. Yeah.
0: yeah, that's that's a good thing going forward. That he's you know showing that uh, improvement mentally. Oh, most definitely, he's. Um,
1: He's quite a big, like quite a big leggy horse, and he's he's sort of half a dumb fella too. But he's um he's just getting better and better every time he goes around, and um, yeah, we're we're really wrapped where he's at the
0: moment. Was the plan always to back up with this good money race on Saturday night?
1: Yeah, definitely. Yep, that was the plan. Um, Yeah, so we we weren't far off the mark the other day. Um, You know, we know we needed a run, but uh, yeah, you know, we couldn't have been happy with him. Got beat by a a really nice horse, and. you know, the, the draws are turned this week, so hopefully we can make, make, make benefit of the better
0: draw. So, yeah. Were you surprised with the depth in this field, though, on Saturday night? In many ways, it's a mini derby, isn't it?
1: Yeah, that's for sure. You know, um, yeah, look, like I said, we've got, we've got some nice 3 year up here of their own, let alone what's coming. So,
0: uh, yeah, they've got to start somewhere. We're getting close to the carnival, and,
1: you know, now's the time for them to step up and see what they can do.
0: Well, I've gone on record. Uh, I know the cavalry is coming as far as the interstate and possibly Kiwi Raiders for our derby, but I, I think we'll hold our own. I think we'll protect our own patch here. I think a Queenslander will win the derby this year. Uh,
1: I hope you're right, mate. I hope it's my fella. But, um, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> No, I, I, I think we've got a, a great bunch of, of three-year-olds up here. There's not a lot between a lot of them, and, um, you know, they're all running nice times and, and, and nice sectionals. So, yeah, I, I think they'll acquit themselves very well.
0: All right. Well, that's Saturday night with Danger Zone, race seven, number three. One of the other highlights that I wanted to talk to you about earlier this week at the trials, the Group 1 winner, the Golden Girl winner from last year, Gerarda's Delight, was back in action. Were you happy with the trial?
1: Yeah, very happy, mate. Um, she ended up just finishing on the helmet. You know, as you probably know, just doing it quite easily, and uh, she came through it really well. So, um, no, she's right where I wanted to be. So, that's okay. good. We can keep just improving, and... Um, have another tilt at her, at her race from last
0: year. All so. right. It, it looks like she's done well during that time away from the races, though. I, I was,
1: actually, it's probably as heavy as I've ever had her since um, since she's been with me. And, um, yeah, it's, it's really nice going into, you know, having them sort of a lot nice and heavy like that going into these sort of races. So, um, yeah, it's, we're really excited.
0: Does she need another trial or is she just about ready?
1: She is pretty much ready, but I will give her another trial. You know, when she's free for all now, and it's always hard for a mare against the free for allers, and um, yeah, so you sort of got to be pretty spot on. And uh, look, she might be still two or three runs away, but um, you know, she's yeah, definitely one more trial anyway, Chris.
0: All right. Well, that's Girada's delight. That's good news there. We've got the Flashing Red coming up next week, so it's starting to evolve now, the Carnival. Uh, the Flashing Red is a, a lead-up now for the Recliffe Cup. No doubt you're going to have a few runners heading that way. Do we see Deus Ex next week in the Flashing Red?
1: Yeah, yeah. You'll see Deus Ex and uh, Northview Hustler and um, old oh, Mr. Freeze, me old wars. He'll, he'll battle again with them again. So, um, yeah, well I have not nominate anyway, mate. I suppose it just depends what comes up. I you know, just hope they can get a run in it and... Um, yeah, you know they're both, in, they're both in really good form, and um, yeah, just see how we go from there.
0: All right, Mr. Free starts this Saturday night. It's a strong lineup, though. You can tell the carnival's just around the corner. There's plenty of depth now.
1: Oh my word! Yeah, she's um, she's not far away, and um, as you said, you know, McCarthy loops up here, and um, yeah, it'll just keep getting stronger and stronger.
0: All right. Well, there's plenty to look forward to. This is what it's all about—the uh, the carnival time—and uh, you tasted that glory last year with Girada's Delight taking a uh, a Group One feature.
2: Mobile rolling on Radio Tab.
1: Chris Barsby is back with us.
0: Yes, we are, Steve, and we're about to chat with Darren Weeks now because last Saturday night it was Q-Bread Breeders Classic race night, and it was a great night for the Darren Weeks stable because it was a one-two result. In the boys' final, the two-year-old Colton Gildings with Muller Maxwell proving too strong. And Darren Weeks took the winning drive himself and he joins us online now. Darren, appreciate the time and congratulations. Thanks, Chris. Stepping up to the mark, we rarely see you race driving nowadays, but uh, you handled yourself perfectly and you got the job done. Yeah,
2: yeah, it all went to plan. Um, so, yeah, no, it was a good result.
0: He's a lovely, big, lanky two-year-old. He's got a bit of size about him. Yeah, he's a big fella.
2: He's a lovely, put together horse, and um, got got the size there. So, hopefully, he keeps improving.
0: What were the expectations going into that race? His form, lead-up form prior to Saturday night, was really good. So, were you confident that he would race well?
2: I thought he'd race well. I I thought maybe place at best, um, but some of the main fancies um, probably raced under, and some got into trouble. So, it just worked out good out in front, you know.
0: OK. He's taken no harm from the run because he backs up again on Saturday night.
2: Yes, yeah, I thought I'd back both of them up and just get another run into them and then um, we'll go into the uh, the Redcliffe Heats. They're both in the Redcliffe Sales Series, so we'll, they should be pretty right to go into that when that comes on.
0: OK. Regazzo D'Artilli was the horse that run second, so a great result for the stable, first and second. Just going back to the race itself last week... Did you think he was a chance, Regazzo Dantilli, at the top of the straight when he came off your back?
2: Oh yeah, all the way in the in the run, especially at the last quarter of the race. I thought that he would just go straight past me, but um, the, to my guy's credit, he just kept boxing on. You know, he went really good.
0: When you break down the performance of Maxwell, it, it was good. Uh, rain affected conditions last week, and it was late in the program by the time this race got underway. He's got out in twenty seven four. He's been able to. Absorb some pressure mid-race and then finish off, hold out the horse that was sitting right on your hammer and he still rated good time, 57.9. So there was plenty of merit in that win.
2: Yeah, there was, Chris. Um, I was really proud of the, both of the horses um, with the limited racing they I've had and how they performed. So um, I was quite surprised how good that, uh, you know, that he could uh, run out in that 27-something and, and he did it quite easily. Um, I was actually looking to... I didn't want too much pressure. I thought I might take a trail, but then um, the the other horse was struggling to get around me and I was jogging, so I just thought, well, why not? We'll just hold the front.
0: Yeah, yeah fair enough. So they go to Reckliffe after this week and uh, that looks like it's going to be a strong series this year again.
2: Yeah, it looks to be probably the strongest ever this year. Um, there's some great uh, chances in the in the race and uh, the Alchin trained... Runner looks outstanding, so he'll be very hard to beat.
0: Yeah, Tardelli. Uh, you weren't only content with taking a 1-2 a result in the Breeders' Classic for the Colts and Guildings. The, the very next race, you landed that winner as well. You took to home the two-year-old Phillies trophy as well with Mullum Ruby. I'm tipping this wouldn't have shocked you in any way, shape or form. Probably what did shock many was that she was still a maiden prior to that race because she's got good ability, this filly.
2: Yeah, Chris, I've liked her the whole way through. She's probably been my best hope. I thought as a, as a two-year-old this year, and um, she's had uh, race without any luck. a past two, I thought she was a bit stiff in those, and um, I was quietly confident if she if she had a bit of luck Saturday night that she could win. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Looking back at that APG Gold Bullion race, she was she was probably unlucky not to win that race.
2: Yeah, I, I think so. If if. Um, if uh, Barnes's horse had been caught through wide there and she poked up in there and take, took his position, um, yeah, may have been reverse the decision. But, you know, the, the babies are green at this, this stage, so it's sort of it's easy in hindsight to say what could have happened, but it's not always the way when you're driving them. They're not, they're not rocking chairs, you know.
0: Yeah. Uh, she's an APG graduate, so she'll obviously miss Reckliff. What's next for her? Do you sort of put her away and wait for the triad in August?
2: Uh, yeah, I, I, think, I think there's a, um, the, the APG sales race is a bit earlier this year. It's in there somewhere as well. Okay. Um, so yeah, she's, she's had the, the luxury of having a week off this week to freshen up again. And then we still have time to get her ready for her next assignment, you
0: know? All right. With the three-year-old fillies last week, there was big expectations because you had, uh, the favorite Cat King Cole. One of the other major players in betting was B Jiggity. You prepare that filly as well. What was your take on those fillies last week?
2: Uh, Bajigity was super, I thought. She just go, um, keeps improving. Um, so, I'm, you know, over the moon with the way she's going. Um, unfortunately, Cat King Cole raced well below her best um, and actually pulled up lame the next day. So um, the it doesn't look good. I've got to get a vet to sort of to clarify things and look at it yet but it looks like her season will be over Um, it looks like she'll need a decent spell
0: yeah that's a shame yeah it
2: is a shame Chris but um, you know we ask a lot of these two year olds to to chase the big money and and with her action we always sort of was in the back of our mind that we may have trouble with her and um, that's the way it's panned out so hopefully we can um, fix her up again and, and get her back to the races
0: all right, well, that's Cat King, Cole. Just with B. Jiggity, as you said, she keeps improving each and every time she goes around. She'll back up again on Saturday night?
2: Yeah, um, I thought I'd just... Uh, she's a filly that if you upset a training um, regime in any way or form, she, she ties up and we have all sorts of trouble with her. So I just want to keep her in a pattern of uh, racing. And uh, she's in the three-year-old leg of the Redcliffe Sales race. Um, so... Okay. I'm hoping that she can earn a check in that, that race, you know.
0: All right. We've got the flashing red coming up next week. Will we see speeches, Silver?
2: No. Unfortunately, his season's over as well. He sustained an injury um, a couple of weeks ago. So, yeah, he's off to the spelling paddock and um, patch him up again, yeah.
0: So here I am thinking that you'll be, you know, bouncing after the results last Saturday night. You've booted home a winner yourself, but uh, you're the bearer of bad news this morning.
2: Yeah, it's been a real roller coaster of emotions over the past couple of weeks, but um, you know that's racing and that's horses, so you know it just that's things that just happen. Not much you can do about it.
0: All right, well, let's hope those that are racing and they're racing well. We saw that last week. They continue to race well. It's a a busy time coming up with the Carnival now upon us. But, uh, again, congratulations for that result last week, taking home both Breeders' Classics, the Colts and Gildings and the Philly. But it was a 1-2 result in the Colts and Gildings final. Mullum Axel beating uh, Regato D'Artillion. You took the winning drive yourself. So, job well done.
2: Thanks very much, Chris.
0: There's Darren Weeks joining us. So that's disappointing news, Steve. Uh, Speeches, Silver, Cat King, Cole, mm. they're out. And we won't be seeing them throughout the carnival uh, just around the corner.
1: It's similar with thoroughbreds. They pushed them, don't they, Chris, to, to run these big prize money races, you know? Um, yeah. That's what happens sometimes,
0: but... It probably explains Cat King, Cole, though, that, um, you know, she, she made a run down the back, but uh, she looked like she was, you know, all out before the home corner. So you knew it wasn't... The normal Cat King Cole, so that probably explains uh, what what happened there last week. But it's still uh, very disappointing for for all those involved with Cat King Cole.
1: Matt Young's with us, Chris.
0: Matt, good morning.
1: Good
3: morning, boys.
0: Wonderful to fly. Is she gone for a little let up now?
3: Yeah, she's gone for a little bit of a break. Um, yeah, yeah, well deserved, you would say, and yeah. another good win last weekend. Just clinical, wasn't it? Yeah, she got a little bit tired late. She's a horse that um, uh, she's definitely better not being used too much early and um, Shane had to he ripped it three and four wide to go around and I had Russell Betts on my program one out one back on Tuesday and he reported the times um, and she was uh, breaking the clock with her performance just after the start and into the first quarter so uh, she's done well, and they probably had their chance to be able to get as close as they can to her, and they got within a couple of metres. But, um, yeah, that was probably a more hard run that she's had this preparation.
0: OK, so she goes to the paddock now, and obviously the Oaks and Derby. The Derby in particular is an interesting one. There's a lot of good judges that believe that she's capable of, of taking both. Um but you know it's never going to be easy when you're up against the boys. But uh, it's a challenge that I'm sure everyone involved with Wonderful to Fly is looking forward to. Yeah, look, she's.
3: Um, I don't think Shane's over the top with his uh, summary of uh, being able to beat the boys. I think he's he's quite happy to go into the derby. It was a race that. Um, I think we've mentioned on this show before that he didn't actually have earmarked for her at the start of the preparation because he was just quite happy to race the fillies and um, head towards the oaks. But she's continued to improve and she's exceeded all expectations. And uh, it's pretty much a free hit going to that race and she can be driven for her main asset. And her asset is speed. And if she's um, forgotten about a little bit and there's a bit of speed on over 2,500 metres, we've seen her perform so well over 2,500 metres where she finished off in 27 and changed hard-held. So, um, look, I think uh, if she goes into the derby and there's a bit of speed on and she gets the right sort of run, uh, yes, she can win the WA derby.
0: Mm. Uh, as I said, it's going to be a big challenge beating the boys. News coming through this week that you're so fine. Uh, the import for the Hall stable, he's gone miss, so there's one less you've got to worry
3: about? Yeah, that's really disappointing. He's a very smart horse and... Um, Yeah, it's just terrible news. No one likes seeing that with um, the good horses, but uh, there are plenty of really smart three-year-olds that are taking the step up. Uh, Swing band, as we know, uh, he raced in last year's golden slipper over here after he'd only had the one run, and uh, he did things wrong. But this preparation, he's been able to win multiple features, and he looks really good. The Mickey Taker uh, has come back and is looking really smart as well. There's a host of three-year-olds that are looking really good, but those two that I've just mentioned, they're the ones that have really put their hand up for mine. Uh, this preparation to suggest they are the really the yardsticks of the three-year-old Colts.
0: Yeah, that, that's fair. Uh, and just on swing band, raced by Kevin Jevons, trained by Ryan Bell. So is there anything that reminds you of Shockwave when you're looking at swing band?
3: I think he's a really progressive type uh, and... We're seeing, we're seeing really good signs from swing bands. Um, Shockwave is a horse that he just never was able to win a feature as a juvenile. And he was always uh, the massive run in defeat all the time. But it was just like a flick of the switch with Shockwave. He just went to another level so quickly when he got to four that it was just scary. This horse is a progressive type. And from what this horse has done from two to three... Uh, if he goes out and comes back and improves again from three to four like he has already, he, he could be scary good swing, brand. He's uh, got elements to his repertoire that are, are so good. His gate speed's not that great, but he's got a, a huge amount of toughness and his high speed is brilliant and he can sustain it for such a long time. So I do see similarities. Um, even the names seem a little bit similar. Shockwave and Swingbound, I think it's the same amount of levers. So um, he's he's heading towards a pretty a pretty star-studded career uh, swing round, I okay. think, and uh, he's well on his way.
0: All right. Well, we'll keep following him, and we'll keep following a wonderful to fly. Ten of the best coming through a GP tomorrow night. Where do we find your best bet?
3: Yeah. Look, I actually found the meeting quite tough tomorrow, and uh, I think there's going to be a few shorties around. So. Going to try and find some value, and I think race four, number 10, could be the way to go. Armour Einstein is racing in career-best form. He's got a perfect draw here. Jack Farthing will lead the event in gate one. I think there's a bit of speed on in the race, and over the 2,500 metres, I can just see Armour Einstein working into the clear in that last four hundred and the way he's been finishing his races off, he looks really hard to beat. So I think you'll get a bit of an each-way price about him. Race 4, number 10, Armour Einstein, for me, is my best on the card on a pretty tricky night.
0: Okay, so race 4, number 10, Armour Einstein, each-way, the best play for Matty Young tomorrow night. Matty, as always, really appreciate the time. Look forward to the chat again next week.
3: Cheers, boys.